Welcome to New Destiny Christian Center's Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Teresa Verdecchio. If you want to find more information about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com. So good to see everybody tonight. Yeah. God is good, isn't he? Aren't you glad you don't serve a cranky God? I think I heard uh, Bill Johnson say it this way. God's not in a bad mood. If the God you serve is in a bad mood, well, you need to get to know God for who he really is. Amen? So how many have taken the challenge of Sunday when pastor said witness to 10 people? One, two. All right, that's good. Three. Doug, have you witnessed? Good. All right. Anybody else? Look, don't be ashamed if you're a chicken Christian. We're going to help you. You know what I did? I've witnessed 41 people so far. Before you get horribly impressed, let me tell you the story. You know how every now and then um, you'll get like a, you'll, you're in a like 20, I have an iPhone, so it's like 20 group text of just people soliciting for business. Does that ever happen to you? And if you go and you look at all the numbers, it's everyone, your prefix and all the numbers, and the only thing different is typically the last number or the last two numbers, right? Maybe this doesn't happen to you, but this happens to us. He's on the same thing. Who, who does that happen to? Just raise your hand. Okay. Do all of you have an iPhone? Don't tell Victoria. No. Does it happen to you? No. Guess up. Android's not in the club. I start preaching on my text. I said, Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. He died on the cross and rose from the dead on the third day. And the Bible says that if you believe upon him and you repent of your sins, you shall be saved and you shall experience eternal life. And you must repent of your sins and be born again. Like I went for it. Didn't happen once, but it happened twice. And then somebody, silly person, they send me back a text out of that group of 20. They said, chief. I'm an Eagles fan, all right? Not a Chiefs fan. They said, chief. God is dead. I started cracking up. I'm like, doesn't this person know I could do this all day just for fun? The very God that you're cursing allows you to have breath in your lungs to do it because he's hoping you stay alive long enough to figure out. And I said, and, and buddy, let me give you the bad news about this God you don't believe in. If you don't repent of your sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ before you die, you will spend eternity in hell. Chicken didn't have an opportunity to text me back. Just shut him up. Scared little atheist. So, so far I have 41 people because I got the Wawa guy on the way in. <laughs> A real live person. You got to get creative with this stuff. You know that every time you witness a part of your pride dies because you are choosing to associate with Jesus who was scorned and rejected and despised of men. And the reason we typically do not witness and be a light in darkness is because we care more about what you think of me than what I care about your eternity. We have to die to our own narcissism, our own people-pleasing. I want to please you, so therefore I'll leave your soul in hell so you feel good about me. And here's the funny thing. They don't even know you. I think witnessing to a stranger is easier than witnessing to your demonized family member who thinks you go to a cult and drink Kool-Aid. Because the worst thing that happened with a stranger is they can say, mm, you, you know, 
you all have said that to someone else before, right? Did they live and did you live? So the worst thing to happen is they just curse you out. But if they get born again and saved, come into the kingdom, they'll love you for all eternity because you planted the seed. Like Stephanie, who do you love that told you about this place? Kia, Kia Logan. Stephanie is sitting there in um, Hallmark Place. Things, things to remember, things to forget, somewhere like that. She works for the post office, but she was, you know, getting another, you know, side gig going on. She's always doing things to make money. Kia walks in. I can just see it. Hi, honey. <laughs> so Kia witnesses to her, tells her about the church. She comes into the church. She gets saved. Her life transformed. She didn't cuss Kia out. In fact, she blesses Kia every day because Kia told her about Jesus. So there's absolutely no risk. And every time you witness, you get to pluck a little chicken Christian feather out. That's how you become an eagle. Amen? So that has nothing to do with my sermon. I was just encouraging you. Do you feel encouraged? Yes. You're like, oh, Jesus, please, please, just give me a group text with 10 people. I can get it over with. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. Amen? So 2022, New Destiny Christian Center. What is the word of the year? Can you say that like you actually are excited about it? No more. It's pretty good. I think I even heard Jim Butcher and Ed from the back. Good job. Activation. Holy Spirit activate. Anybody want to act that out? Yes. Victoria. Oh, yeah. The video. Holy Spirit activate. They got it. They even had the head thing going. All right. I'm going to give you the anchor verse, how to be a success with the word of the year. I, I, I'm excited about this word of the year. You know why? Everybody corporately is on the same page. So we're all going the same direction. And we're going to accomplish so much this year for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen? We're saved. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Our sins are forgiven. We're washed in the blood. We're righteous. We love Jesus. We're not doing anything because we have to, but we are get, doing this because we get to. Amen? So the anchor verse for activation is James 1. 22 to 25. And I'll be reading that from the ESV. It says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know that it's easy because you hear something to think that you know how to do it. Or if you watch something, like you can sit and you can watch somebody preach all the time and you can know, well, they should have done this or they should have done that, but yet you have no idea what it takes to do that. But because you watch it, it's easy to think that you know what to do. I like construction projects, and I, can, I, I love watching people work, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> and I'll watch these guys do stuff, and then I'm sitting there, you know, and I can, because I've done it enough, and we've done it, I can anticipate what they're going to do, and I even know what the next step is. Do you think I can do it? To think I can do it is deceiving myself. First splinter, I'm out. <laughs> I type with my hands. I, I don't pick up plywood. So it would be a deception. It's the same thing when you continually read the word or you come and you listen to sermons and you listen to podcasts and you're getting the word in, you're reading the Bible through, and if you're just taking it in, taking it in, taking it in, what's happening? Well, I ain't getting personal. <laughs> you're getting fat. <laughs> what's happening is actually self-deception. You think you know more than you know because the truth of the matter is we only truly know what we do. I'm going to just drop the mic and go home. We only really know what we do. You can know about prayer, a head knowledge, but if you don't do prayer, all that 
knowledge has done is deceive you. Please stop shouting me down. It's going to get better. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. So here's the good news. If you've just been a hearer only, I don't care if you've been saved for three months, three years, 30 years, all you have to do is repent, which means what? Change your mind. You know, repentance isn't always beating your chest in ashes and sack, sackcloth and just pulling your hair out. Angel, you don't have to pull your hair out anymore. That's not the only way repentance happens. Now, that is a really true way. And if you ever have the Spirit of God come down on you and the fear of the Lord enter you, and you really know you got to repent, and you hit the floor, you don't care who's around you, and you get it right before God because that's the fear of the Lord. But when you realize something, you see it in the Word, and you go, oh, I've been just hearing the Word. I haven't been doing the Word. I repent. I change my mind. I'm going to start doing the Word. Oh, it says to love people, I'm going to start loving. It says to give to the poor, I'm going to give to the poor. You just begin to correct it with your action. Does that make sense? All right, it says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. Next verse. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, which we know is the word of God, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer. In other words, you persevere with what you know. You're a hearer. You don't just forget it, but you actually do it. But a doer who, what's that word say? But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. This is your key to activation, right? You have to act. This is the root word to the word activation, activate all of it. He will be blessed in his what? In his hearing? His doing. And isn't that interesting? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But it doesn't say you'll be blessed in your hearing. It says you'll be blessed in your doing. We know that Jesus said, ears to hear and uh, eyes to see. We understand that. But with this principle, doing the word, you're blessed by your action. It's called works of righteousness, not works for salvation. Is that understood? All right, Jesus was a propitiation. He died for our sins. He did everything. He's the perfect sacrifice. In fact, you can get born again. You can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved and never do a blessed thing with God and for God. That has nothing to do with your salvation. If you grew up in legalistic religion, or if you grew up even in Catholicism where you had to work, you had to do a bunch of good works, none of us are good, no, not one. Good works do not save us. Amen? The reason we do works of righteousness, we don't do it to be righteous. We do it because we are righteous. We're in right standing with God the Father, and we're in relationship with him, and we cooperate with him, so we are people that are activated and do the word. Amen? So the year of activation, isn't it fun? Can you feel like an excitement, uh, something stirring in your spirit? I know that I can. And so as I was thinking about this, because it will be a year of just great mobilization, uh, there are people that are t uh, texting us and contacting us from several different places, and they're all pretty much saying the same word. Somebody contacted me today and um, gave me a word, and I'm going to read it to you. But before I do that, I want to set a foundation, because as I was praying, I, I realized there's one thing that we have to have bedrock in this place for the word of the year to work. And that is called your love walk. Wow. Thank you, Eileen. Eileen's in love right now, so it's easy. Woohoo! Everybody say, love walk. love walk. My love walk. You know that if this isn't active in your life, if you don't have love for Jesus... That's what you sound like. I got a gift of administration. I have a gift of faith. 
word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. I can prophesy, tongues and interpretation. Listen, my children. Nobody can hear you. Why? Because you sound like noise. Now, didn't you feel relieved when he stopped? Like, I didn't feel irritated with Mikkel, but I felt irritated with Dallas doing that. Thank you, brother. You were a nice, clangy sound. And you can look at 1 Corinthians 13 for that illustrated Bible verse right there. So our love walk. Say, my love walk. All right, because I want to set you up for success. The Holy Spirit wants to set you up for success. Um, have any of you ever heard a really good message on the love walk and you decided, I'm going to just love? And you failed like within 22 minutes? 22 seconds? Two minutes? Two seconds? Two seconds, two seconds. One, one second. You just failed in your thought when you said, I want to walk in love. It's just you aborted it right there. Because walking in love is extremely difficult, and you cannot, I cannot do it in my own strength. It's supernatural. I just felt like Sid Roth right there. It's supernatural. <laughs> do you realize we cannot give away what we don't have? If we have not experienced that moment with God, and man, if you haven't experienced it, I would tell you, time out, put everything on hold, and have this encounter with God, and stay in his face, fast and pray, do whatever you have to do to get this thing, this experience with God. And we'll look at it in a little bit, but it's Romans 5, 5, talking about how the love of God is shed abroad within our heart by the Holy Spirit. We need an encounter with the love of God. When, you, when that encounter of the love of God comes, all of a sudden the things that torment you, the things that have stopped you, the painful memories and emotions even of your past, it is like he pours in his love and all that pain is poured out. And when you encounter the love of God, something supernatural happens on the inside and his love is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit and you emerge from that and you don't quite look at people the same. You begin to look at them a different way and you perhaps don't even know what's happening as all this stuff is unraveling because you've experienced the love of God. You can be nothing but loving and merciful and compassionate to others and the more you exercise that, the greater it grows. I know this is exciting because God typically, when you start crying out, God, help me to love people, he's going to send to you the most irritating person that vexes you. They, they just open mouth breathing. I mean, chomping their food, their mouth is open. I mean, whatever it is that annoys you. You know how it is when you're annoyed with somebody? They can't do anything right, right? Like, even if they go like that, you'll be like, that's stupid, their mannerism. <laughs> Y'all know it's true. And if they try to worship Jesus, they're like, hmm. They declined the nursery, acting like this, serving Jesus. Yeah, I thought I was in the right church. Walking in love, I mean, when he tells you to start walking in love, in fact, Tim McFall is coming in May. We're going to have an old-fashioned three-night revival. 
If you don't know what that is, it's life-changing. We're having a three-night revival, and he's from southwestern Virginia, and if you thought my father had a southern accent, you're probably going to need an interpreter with this guy, all right? He cracks me up. He's hilarious, but he talks about he was a 40-day faster, and his wife would drop him off at a cabin with plenty of water and would pick him up in 40 days. And I would just imagine, like anyone would, you want to make sure they're still living, right? Because when you think of a 40-day fast, you think, oh, there's no way. But we're Americans, trust me, there's a way. You, you, you don't die. Um, I've, I've done a 40-day fast before myself. So he's talking about it, and he's about day four into his fast. You know, uh, you're starting to, you're not hungry anymore. And, but he was really hungry that day. And he's like, oh, Jesus, you know, he's in the middle of nowhere. He can't hike out, right? This is a cabin in the middle of nowhere. That's how you're successful on a 40-day fast. And he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, Tim, but he did in his accent, Tim, go down off this mountain and go back home and love Donna Marie and everybody. He said, excuse me? He said, you don't have to fast. You don't have to fast 40 days. Go off the mountain and just go love everybody. He was excited. Can you imagine? I mean, I'd be excited. When you're on a 40-day fast, it just, it just drones, just goes and goes and goes. And you don't even remember the last time you ate. You do it sometime after the Super Bowl party. I mean, it's just, just go. So he goes home. Well, he, they had a code how he could get a hold of her. Donna Marie comes up, picks him up. They go down. They've been like, I think this month, it's 54 years they've been married, right? So they got some longevity. And he's treating her real good and everything and everyone around him, all of his business contacts, all of the people, he's treating everybody good. He's walking in love. He goes, I love this, Jesus. I love this. I don't have to fast for 40 days. I am just going to just love on people. And he said it was um, about 26 hours into it. He's just loving everybody. He said his wife said something and it was a tone. And all of a sudden he felt all this stuff come up in him. Like, do you ever get reached with a certain tone or a facial Look, look at it. That's the most agreement this church has been in all year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do too. Like, someone takes a certain tone with me. I have to do an internal crucifixion real quick because I'm all like, and I don't know why I'm like that. I'm like, only five foot two. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't really know what I could do, but I feel like a giant, like 25 foot. Like, I could pound you. Like, so if I'm twitching, I'm just doing internal crucifixion, so don't think anything's wrong with me. He snaps his head at her and he tells her something. And then he had to go off and pray because he's like, oh my gosh. And so he had to repent and he had to go back and humble himself. Like, have you ever had to humble yourself, especially to your spouse, and repent when you haven't cooled off? And it's like clenching. You know, it took 17 years of marriage, maybe longer, before I apologized first. Now all of a sudden, y'all got self-righteous on me. You were with me, <laughs> judges. He always apologizes first and would make me mad because he apologizes quick, and, and I need at least two hours for the steam to stop. <laughs> Janita's like, that's why she's my pastor. And I had to do it really quick. So he's, he's telling her, you got to go and repent and, you know, apologize and humble yourself. And so he would, he would. He said, after about 36 hours of being mad at everybody and having to apologize and repent for everything and my attitude and trying to keep my heart right with God, he said, I went out into the field and I screamed, God, please send me back up to the cabin to fast for 40 days. I'd rather fast than this love walk. But I'm going to show you tonight how if you don't have the love walk right, or at least 
on the path to start living that life, nothing in your life will work. I'm going to be so bold as to say, your faith won't work. Now, do you think I said that or do you think that's in Scripture? It's in Scripture. Isn't this exciting? I'm trying to help you to be successful in the year of activation. Because if you just, if you don't understand this thing about love, you're just going to have a lot of activity and you're going to be busy. You're not going to be activated. That's the difference. You will be busy. You will not be activated by the Spirit. So our love walk is supernatural. You cannot give away what you do not have. And as I said, faith will not work without love. Let me give you the scripture really quick. Galatians 5, 6. You're probably going to have to go down a little bit, Miss Laverne. And then let's give our people that help us a hand. You don't know they're back there until they don't get the words up. Then you look over the shoulder. Go back there and always tell them you appreciate them. All right, in Galatians 5, 6 in the ESV, it says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, and that means Jews and Gentiles, okay, counts for anything. It doesn't matter. But only faith working through love. So here's the foundation verse here, that faith works by love. Have you ever been frustrated with your faith? Check your love walk. We're going to do a thermometer test. We're going to have a little thermometer and how's your love walk gonna put it in your heart and you feel a little cranky already you can give the complaints to Jim Butcher <laughs> he's got my back so for, faith works by love faith only works by walking also in Bible forgiveness I know I'm gonna just give it all to you tonight let's look at Mark 11, 23, and 24. I'm laying a foundation. Believe me, we'll land this on the helicopter pad of conviction because we can all come up higher in this. Mark eleven twenty three, and we'll do 24. It says, For assuredly, Jesus speaking, I say to you, whoever, say whoever. whoever. So you're a whoever, correct? Whoever says to this mountain, whatever the mountain is in your life, could be finances, relationships, um, salvation, deliverance, addiction, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, again, that's an action, will be done. What's that say? What did Jesus say? He will have whatever he says. Now, either Jesus is a nut, or this is accurate. If you believe in your heart and do not doubt that whatsoever things you say you receive, you shall have whatsoever you say. Pastor, I don't believe that. Well, do you say I'm broke? I'm lonely? I'm depressed? I don't have any relationships? What do you really say? If you do an inventory of your life, I bet you have what you say. Next verse, please. Please stop shouting me down. It's starting to hurt my ears. It says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask... When you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. We did this last night at prayer school. We uh, did the mighty prayer of faith, and we also did the prayer of agreement. But it says, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. When you ask in faith, you receive the answer before it manifests in the natural. I call that worshiping in the place called done. You have it 
when you ask for it, says that you'll have those things that you believe for. Isn't that exciting? Now let me show you how this, these two verses can be null and void because Jesus didn't stop the teaching here. Next verse, verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, say, whenever. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone. All right, now let's take this anything against anyone. Whatever your political persuasion is, against the other side. Both sides. Everybody have a favorite politician they can't stand? I mean, I don't, I don't need any names, but, you know, you got to pray for them. you got to make sure you don't have anything in your heart against them. They're still a creation of God, even if they're misguided. I mean, I think people that want to kill babies in the womb are misguided. I think they need to come to Jesus moment. But I can't rail against them and damn them to hell because I do not like their stance. I can't believe you're preaching politics. No. Politics need to repent. That's what needs to happen. The policies in this country need to get right. We cannot continue to shed the blood of innocent babies and not think that we're not under some kind of judgment. I am pro-life. Because God is pro-life. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you don't think abortion is destruction and death inside the womb, that the womb becomes a grave when it's supposed to be life, the devil perverts everything. Ooh, I'm, I'm going to keep going. I can feel that territorial spirit. How dare you? I feel like Gandalf. You shall not pass. <laughs> Abortion's murder. And if you really want to do a study, find out why Planned Parenthood are typically in neighborhoods that are black or brown. Because it's a genocide of a people. It is a destruction. Find out about Margaret Sanger and the eugenics movement and everything in the history of it. Do your homework. And then another thing I'm going to say, and then I'm going to get back over here. This is love because it would be unkind for me not to preach the truth. No government or system has a right to tell you what your zip code has to be because of the color of your skin. They have no right to tell you that your kids get to go to poorer schools and you get to be bound in poverty and crime. That you get to live in this kind of housing. Here's how much money I'm going to give you for food because I'm going to keep you dependent upon the government. That is a plantation system. And in Christ Jesus, you can be completely set free. We have people, people in our church own businesses. People in our church own their own houses. They don't believe that garbage. Why should you? If you do. Yeah, that was a good one. That spirit's going, ah! Tell you that you have to live a certain place because of the color of your skin. That is garbage. Ridiculous. Lie from the pit of hell. Rise up. Amen? Rise up. That was fun. Don't know who that was for. But in Jesus' name, I say choose life. Pro-choice, all that means is 
I'm allowed to choose against God and I want you to feel good about it. No, I will never side with murder and death and the bloodshed. You can trace it back to the Bible. They offered their children to a demon god named Molech. And that is what that industry is about. Moving right along. I ain't afraid to step in it. You know, when you step in a pile of dog dirt, it could have been sitting there, not bothering anybody, right? You step in it. You stir up the smell and the stink. And I'm telling you, as a born-again, blood-bought Christian, you cannot be racist. You cannot be prejudiced. You cannot be for killing babies. Well, I don't like it because of this, this, and that. No, you got to vote the Bible. And there's three issues of the Bible. Be right on Israel, be right on life, and be right on traditional marriage between a man and a woman. A biological man, not a man that identifies as a woman or vice versa, but a biological man and a biological woman, and those two in holy matrimony, and that is a marriage. And I'm going to just go ahead and say this too. You know the only people, Pastor Nancy, that can have sex are people that got a license for it. In marriage. Oh, that was real weak. Someone, I'm, plow that field. Oh, plow that field. They used heifers in the Bible to plow fields. I ain't got no problem. It's scriptural. Pastor Teresa, that is antiquated. That is out of, that is out of date. That's out of style. Are you literally telling me that you think that... Biblical morality is a man and a wife. Again, biological man. Society we live in is so crazy. You have to spend 10 minutes describing what you're trying to talk about. Biological man, that means born with the parts. Not surgery parts. Born, given by God. A biological woman come together, and before God, they get married in holy matrimony. They have a covenant of marriage. They get to go consummate their marriage with sex, which is God's idea. They're the only people allowed to have it. I can't believe that. <laughs> can't have sex with yourself. I mean, you do, but you repent. You try to live clean, right? Whoever you want. Pedophilia is definitely out. Pornography, perversion, bestiality, homosexuality. I mean, how far do you want to go down this? It is sex between a married man and woman, and again, biological. That's right. That's right. Pastor Jason, what's this got to do with love, walking in love? Because it's unkind that churches are lying to the lost, trying to comfort their souls with a lie, and saying, it's okay, God understands, God loves you. Oh, well, you, you're saved. You're just a believer that's struggling. Let no man deceive you. Doesn't scripture say, let no man deceive you and tell you these things? For it is because of these very things that the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. I'm a son, but I got the wrath of a father. I, I don't think so. I mean, I won't even go into Galatians 5 where it says, he who does these things shall not enter in to the kingdom of God. A place, not a system. It would be unkind, and I personally refuse as a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ to lie to the world. Pastor Teresa, if you preach like that, they're not going to come. Look around. You know, we're considered one of the biggest churches in America tonight. Churches of 20,000 cannot get people to come out on a midweek. That's why they cancel their services. 
I appreciate the work that they're doing. But what I'm saying is I recognize what God is doing here because people are tired of being lied to. They're tired of being told what to think. They're tired of being told what they see. They don't really see. They're tired of the lie. They're tired of the deception. And if there would be clarion voices, men and women of God that would stand up with Holy Ghost boldness and some guts on the inside and say, you must repent of your sins. And how about we identify the sins? There's a whole generation coming up. How are they going to know it's sin? They don't know the word of God. They don't grow up in church. They don't have parents that teach them what the word of God says. And when you have a whole government that is normalizing sin and perversion, the church has got to be bold enough to call sin, sin. It is unloving, and it is the biggest hate crime ever to not preach the truth and leave somebody's soul lost and damned, tormented for all eternity where there is no presence of God. You know what those days were like when you were so dark with depression, where it was so twisted on the inside. You just wanted to escape this life. You wanted the pain to end. You still had God. You still had the presence of God and the angels, whether you felt him or not. God's presence is in the earth. Hell is void of that. And that most hellish day on earth will be better than eternity in hell. That'll be the best day compared to what's coming. we got to wake ourselves up out of our apathy, and we have to go into God and say, you know what? I've got to get my heart right. I've got to get my love walk right. The day is growing darker. Time is running out. Sprint to the finish line. Well, I don't really like to sprint. I've got bad knees in the spirit. Well, not from praying. Let's just take a casual walk with Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry you're going to hell, but... I want you to like me, so I'm not going to say anything. Come on, church, wake up. we got to wake up. Ask your neighbor, are you awake yet? Ruth, you awake yet? All right, she's up. She said, I'm up. we got to wake up, church. The world is needing us. I was so blessed when I put that when I was praying. I just prayed in the spirit, and then I heard immediately salvation in Springfield, deliverance in Delco, revival in Ridley, power in Philly. And I posted that in every place you guys live. You went along with it. And you begin to say, glory in Glen Mills, glory in Glen Oldens. I mean, where was going? It was like something about breakthrough in Brookhaven. And then Dan Jackson, pizza in the parlor. That was after 5 p.m. and the fast was over. That's your man, Dan. I'm like, you got to love New Destiny Christian Center. So we can have anything we're believing for, and I'm believing for this city to be shaken with revival. I'm believing for this place to be rocked with revival. Not religion, but relationship with Jesus Christ, where men and women encounter the Lord Jesus Christ, and we don't have to persuade them to read their word. We don't have to persuade them to become worshipers. We don't have to beg them to come to church, but they're running us over to get our seat because they're so hungry for Jesus, and their face is in the altar, and they're praying, and they're crying out for more of God's presence and more of his spirit. I'm believing even for an absolute outpouring of the Spirit. I'm promised one. I know that he's going to do it. He already is doing it. And I am not going to miss out because I did not walk in love. Because I was unforgiving. You can't talk me into it. It ain't worth it. No. In fact, all the people that persecuted us, I say every day, I can't wait till I'm your pastor. Because y'all know that who I pastor, like I kind of tease you a little bit can't wait remember when you posted that now look at you 
when they come up for prayer, I'm going to say, you really want me to pray for you? You sure? I can't wait. Because if you make your enemies your friend, to win them over to Jesus, you don't even know who they really are. They're just, that's just their unregenerated self. Jesus said, you can have anything you ask for in prayer, believing by faith, you receive it. I already have revival. I already see Springfield rocked with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it's spread out in North Philly, Northeast Philly, South Philly, and West Philly, that it's all throughout the suburbs, that there's light everywhere. Why? Because I already have it. I've asked for it in prayer. I have already received it, and I'm waiting for the glorious manifestation of it, but I do have a responsibility. I am to walk in love, so my faith continues to work. And Jesus said, if a man, verse 25, read it again. It says that if you, standing there, realize you got something against somebody, you got to go make it right. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, that's how I got on the politics. Because you just think it's your neighbor, your family member, or a boss, or a coworker. No, if you have anything against anyone, what's it say? Forgive him. Forgive him if he starts acting nice to you. It's not what it says. Forgive him if you feel like it. Here's what's hard about the gospel. People can defraud you, lie about you, slander you. They can rip you off. They can steal from you. And you know what he says? Forgive him. Forgive him. Forgive him. Forgive him. Forgive him. Yeah, but, yeah, but, we go, yeah, but, and he goes, forgive him. Yeah, but, forgive him. Yeah, but, forgive him. Yeah, but, forgive him. Finally, when you surrender and you forgive him, <laughs> you get out of the rut of the yabbit. He never compromises on this. He will never come into agreement with you about another person. Like, I've got three kids, right? I know all their problems. I know their issues. But if you come up to me and tell me their problems or issues. Oh, man. Eileen was like double punch in the bag. Don't talk about my kids. I know my son's neck tattoo is crooked. I'm like, well, my gosh, son, I think if my body was a canvas like that, I would have actually had a professional do it. If you're going to do it, right? I mean, I'm not into it, but I don't want you to tell me about it. How many mothers feel that way? Victoria's got... How many aunts feel that way? Somebody talk about your niece or nephew, right? Right? So do you think God likes it when we talk about his kids? But I'm his favorite kid. God is no respecter of persons. Always confused me in the 90s when preachers would say that. I'm his favorite. I'm like, unbiblical. <laughs> Truly, I'm like 27 years old. Unbiblical. False doctrine. <laughs> He has no favorites. He's no respecter of persons. What he did for me, he'll do for you. What he does for you, he'll do for me. He doesn't respect any man's face. Doesn't care if they give big offerings. He doesn't care if they just give two cents and rip them off. He's God. He's just. 
He says, forgive them. God will never agree with you about anything against another person. He may know their problems. Believe me, he'll work it out in them. But have you ever considered he's using them to work something out in you? You should see the responses. <laughs> I'm not throwing anything, people. That's all in the spirit realm. <laughs> that's why I say, when you get through some trials, you'll send those people a card with a check and say, thank you. <laughs> Tiffany goes, where's my checks? <laughs> Tiffany, you haven't even begun to learn some of these lessons yet. No, I'm just kidding. You still debit card. You don't even got the check writing yet. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Everyone's going to figure out, oh, this is like when you go to live, com you know, comedy. They pick somebody out of the crowd. Everyone's like, don't say anything. Don't get her attention. I'll be on blast next. <laughs> Forgive them. Say, I have no right to ever be and unforgiveness. Doesn't that just like... <clears throat> you know your Yabbat stories? Yeah, but they abused me. I never have any right to be in unforgiveness. Here's what it comes down to. I figured it out real quick, and I'm not the brightest person in the room. Jim is. Um, do you want to be forgiven? Did you do like some pretty bad stuff? You know those really handful of bad days? Some of you were on a trip so long, it was like months. But you know those days that like the devil will remind you of in particular? Try to beat you down and condemn you and tell you're no good and you can't be forgiven. You know those days? You know that worst, dark, depraved day of your life? Like if we had it on the screen right now, you would just want to die? You've been forgiven of that, washed in the blood, and you're declared righteous. It is no longer. In fact, according to Psalm, it's in the sea of God's forgetfulness. Doesn't that feel good? So can you see why God gets a little miffed when all of a sudden our forgiven righteous selves get over into unforgiveness? You know what he does? Shuts everything off. Because your faith won't work, because your love's not working, because he so freely forgave you and I, and we won't forgive, just turns it off. Has something ever been overflowing? You had to get the shut off valve of the water? That's what heaven does. Just turns it off. Why? To get your attention, to go talk to him about it. Why isn't my faith working? Well, your love walk stinks. Well, maybe he doesn't talk to you like that. Well, precious. See, what had happened was, when that person did that, you cursed them in your heart, and then you went home, and you talked about them, and you texted three of your friends. So, precious, what I would like for you to do is forgive them. Like, if you come to me and tell me you're having a problem with somebody, Lena, what will I tell them to do? What's that? Yes, go to them first, and then afterwards, what do I say to do? Yes, pray for them every day like they're your best friend for seven days for 15 minutes. And then lastly, give them a gift. And make it anonymous. 
because I want it to be a good gift and not one of your reused, you know, gift cards. It's got to cost you something. And so the next time when somebody gets under your skin and, you know, you get stuck because the valve just goes, Psh! you're like, I don't believe that, Pastor. All right, I'll, I mean, I can give you more depressing scriptures. You can just read all of Matthew 18. It ends kind of like, oh, like if you don't forgive, Father, can you believe this? Turns you over to the tormentors. You know when you can't sleep at night, you got insomnia because you're thinking about them? You've had 17 conversations in your head and you know you're a big chicken and you're never going to say it in person? Isn't that torment? When you see them anxiety? Faking? Do my faces look as crazy as his on Sunday? Because if so, i got to stop. I had this sermon since Sunday, so I'm not picking on anyone. But if the Holy Spirit is, that's his business. I'm like Kermit. I'm just delivering it, minding my business, all right? But it says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, even if it was in 1969 or 1993 that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. If Christians really believe that my sins only get forgiven if I forgive your sins, I become a liberal forgiver. In fact, I give everybody a blanket, a pardon. You got a pardon from me. Because if I don't forgive you, my life doesn't work, my love walk doesn't work, I'm delivered over to tormentors and worst my sins aren't forgiven. I can't afford to die with my sins not forgiven. Pretty sure I outsend them. I'm not taking the offense. I'm not taking the bait of Satan. I want revival. I want my faith to work. And faith only works by love. I'm going to examine my love walk. Is this helping you? Faith won't work without love without forgiveness it works if you do the forgiveness three steps really quick because I do believe in being active number one put the word of God first in other words if it's in the Bible whether you believe it or not you're the one with the issue not the word when the word says something that we don't like I mean, have you ever read the Bible and found something in there you didn't like, or is that just me? I'm like, why is that going to be in there? Guess who has the problem, me or the Word? Me. So my brain has to adjust to that. And what I'll do is I'll write down scriptures I'm having an issue with. I'll put them on an index card. I'm like kind of old-fashioned. I'm going to do it on the phone because then I'll get a text or then I'll be scrolling or doing something, wasting my time. So I got an index card and I just sit there and I meditate the scripture. God, I don't know why you said this, but this is what you said. And I choose to come into agreement and alignment with the word of God. See, the world's telling you lies. They're telling you things like, why does it matter who I love? Love is love. No, God is love. His rules, his universe. Take it out of him. People go, well, I don't believe that. Well, doesn't it mean that truth is irrelevant because it's not your truth? There's no such thing as your truth, my truth. It's a truth of the word of God. It's like, well, I don't believe in gravity. What is this, 40, 40 foot? 
go up top and show us if it works or not. Just walk up there, we got a window. I don't care, doesn't matter, that's your truth. Okay, well show me your truth. Truth is truth. It doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not. So when we find something in the word of God, we have to put it first. We have to align ourselves. Number two, your faith in God's word must be second. Somewhere you got to choose to agree with the word of God and believe the word. Third, your feelings must be last. So number one is God's word. Number two, your faith in God's word. That means you're in agreement with what God says. Whether you understand it or not, you're going to align your brain with it. And then last are your feelings. But what we typically do is we reverse it according to how our feelings and our feelings determine whether we have faith or we agree with the word and then God's word is last. No, you flip that. I'm giving you keys tonight. If you get this, it doesn't matter if you've been saved forever or if you've been saved for a very short time, this will change your life. You will live this out and you won't even recognize your own life because of the growth and the freedom. My faith isn't in my feelings. My faith is in what God says. You'll have to be a doer of the word before the word works for you. But I can tell you, if you do the word, the word absolutely will work for you. When you bless people rather than curse them, you're going to get a blessing. I mean, these are words of Jesus, folks. Jesus was hardcore. So this little Jesus they're peddling out there, I do not know what they're reading. Jesus. These are his words. Forgive, or you won't be forgiven. Love, bless those that curse you and pray for those that despitefully use you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake, for so they persecuted the prophets before you. So when someone says something about me, you know what I do? I don't respond. I say, I'm blessed. Oh, they just blessed me. Or somebody did something, I go, look what they just did. They just set me up for blessing. And I got a bunch of money. I was like, thank you, stranger, for cursing me. Because if you can learn to bless and not curse, first of all, it wigs people out. The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. See, God's love is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 5, 3 through 5. When we practice it, it manifests. It begins to reveal itself. There's a God kind of love. Uh, we understand that as agape love. There's three types of love, phileo, that is friendship. That's what we enjoy with one another. The second type of love in the Greek is eros, that is a, a erotic love, that is romantic love. That's what that one is. And the third kind of love is the God kind of love, and that is the agape kind of love. And faith works by love. Let me give you a definition of uh, what the God kind of love looks like. If you could do 1 Corinthians 13, please. If you've been convicted once. Nod at me. Some people are going, <laughs> turn to a head-banging concert. 1 Corinthians 13. The Amplified is what we'll read this from. 4 through 7. While they're getting that up, I'll just read a few more things that I have. Faith works by love. If you don't forgive yourself, it's as if you didn't forgive another all right, let's look at the biblical definition. This is the Amplified Version, which if you're not familiar with the Amplified, they take the Greek and they kind of put it in the brackets and these kind of things to help you with your understanding. It amplifies it. Here's what biblical love is. This is why it's supernatural and you have to have the Holy Spirit shed abroad in your heart. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Ugh. Any, anytime you want to groan, feel free. You're 
with fellow believers who, who feels the same way. Love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy. You know the person that wins all the time? They don't go, huh. It's not boastful or vainglorious, even if they win all the time. It does not display itself haughtily. Next. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. You better respect me. It doesn't line up with love. In fact, when they disrespect you, you actually get set up for a blessing. This is the real convicting one. Put your seatbelt on. God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. Here we go. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. What a list, right? It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything, anything. I mean, this is, I took a whole year off once and studied this, 1 Corinthians 13. Bears up under anything and everything that comes. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person like as a pastor, if you ever come to me about somebody, I'm going to tell you the good qualities about that person. But if they come to me about you, I'm going to tell them your good qualities. You got to believe the best in people because we all have, for lack of a better word, warts. Not literally. I mean, if you do, be healed in Jesus' name. But we all have flaws, right? But we all have good points. Even if it's just a, a two or three, everybody's got something that we can look at and believe the best of. Believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless. Again, this is talking about love. Love's hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. That is powerful. It's the Amplified. I would encourage you to get that, memorize it, meditate on it, because that's when you realize in humility, God I need an encounter with you because you're love and I need the God kind of love. Because when you begin to understand and experience the God kind of love, that he bears everything with you, he's patient with you, he is kind with you, that he is, is always believing the best of you even on your worst day. Because here's the thing about God. He treats you like the thousand times you resisted, not the one time you gave in. And when you begin to experience his love, it's his, your love for him that makes you climb out of those addictions. It's, his, it's your love for him because he loves you so much. The Bible says in 1 John, we love him because he first loved us. That's how you get out of all that mess. Not, well, I gotta behave and be a good Christian. Like if you go out of here and you try to like, okay, well, I'm gonna just walk in love. I don't wanna be negative, but you may not be setting yourself up for success. How are you going to experience this? You know, Father, uh, Pastor Tracy talked about that whatever that sermon was last night, but can you shed abroad your love, the God kind of love in my heart by the Holy Spirit? Can you show me how to begin to walk in this? Can I grow? It's just a seed. You got to start somewhere. Put the seed in the ground and say, God, I want my faith and my love to grow because faith works by love. And then I'll say this in closing. 
We know we have to forgive others. I spoke quite a bit on that tonight. But you've got to forgive yourself. You know that if you have offense or unforgiveness toward another person, we know that God has an issue with that, correct? Didn't I set that really clear? You know that if you have an issue against yourself and hold something against yourself, it's the same as if you hold it against another person. You don't have a right to treat yourself any way that you want. Because guess what? According to scripture, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. And you're commanded to glorify God in your body. So you can't hate yourself because of some mistake that you made or something that happened. You've got to let yourself go. Otherwise, it undermines your faith. When you condemn yourself and constantly feel unworthy, guilty, your faith won't work. It's sin to hold on to other people's sins. Say that. It's sin to hold on to other people's sin. And even my own sin. You got to let that stuff go. You got to let it go, let it go. And 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says, Love works no ill toward his neighbor. 1 Corinthians 3, 5. Did I say that right? 13, 5. I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. Love works no ill toward his neighbor. So in closing, here's your other three action steps. So you should have two sets of three. Be quick to repent and quick to believe, all right? God blesses people who? These three things. Who repent, who forgive, and who believe. Be quick to repent and quick to believe. Father, forgive me for that. I repent. I'll make it right. Brother, I'm sorry. I uh, lost my temper with you. Please forgive me. I repent of that. Now, Father, I believe your blessing comes down upon me. So you're really quick to repent, forgive, and believe. What's believing? God, I'm back in agreement with you. Back in agreement. I've had people rip me off. You know what? I don't let them rip me off. I sow it. You can't steal from me. I'm going to bless you with it. So nobody can steal from me. That keeps my heart right. And guess what happens? I get blessed. God gives it back to me anyway. You can't steal from me. Well, Pastor Trace, I'm going to try. Woo, my mortgage is going to get paid off. Yes. When you realize God controls it all, it's so easy, and you can just begin to flow with it. I repent, I forgive, and I believe. Say repent, repent. Forgive, forgive, believe. believe. Smith Wigglesworth said, there's just something about believing God that will cause God to pass over a million people just to get to you. He just wants to be believed. If my husband told me, I don't believe you, we would have an issue. When we tell God through our action and our inaction that we don't believe him, there's an issue with the relationship that we have to make, have to make right. But I'm telling you what, when God finds somebody that believes, pass over a million people just to get to you. 6.5 million people in the Philadelphia surrounding area. And when I believe him, He'll pass over six, over six million people to get to me. That's how personal he is. All righty. If you're not born again in here tonight and you want to enter into this life, best way to experience Jesus is with a personal relationship. God, I'm a sinner and I need to get right and I repent of my sin. He loves you. 
died to save you. If your heart's not right with Jesus, I don't know your heart. I don't live with you. I don't go home with you. I don't know what you do unless he reveals it to me. If you want to get your heart right tonight, these altars are open. Jesus walked a road for you. You can, you can walk and come to an altar and just make it right with him. It's just a conversation. You talk to him. You know, the way your love grows is by confessing it, by talking about it. The less you talk about your love for one another and communicate it to one another, the less you're going to love one another. This is the same with God. The less you talk about God and read his word, the less you'll feel like fellowshipping with him and your love grows cold. So how's your love walk tonight? Because as I believe I clearly established from the word of God, without love, faith doesn't work, and without forgiveness, faith doesn't work. And we're a people of faith. We're called to be activated. We're called to be uh, God's presence in this part of the city. And so we got to get the main thing right. So let's go ahead and stand. You want to grow in your love walk? You want to together make a commitment? Right, those of you that do, just come up here. Father, I want to grow in my love walk. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm just talking about let's grow in our love walk. Father, I want to grow in my love walk. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with this. It just means now we understand something and we want to step into it. Think about it. What kind of presence will NDCC be to our community if, like Jesus said, we're known by our love for one another? Oh, yeah, that church NDCC, that is a loving group of people. That's a loving bunch. Because people are hurting, and they're lost, and they're afraid, and they're fearful, and they've been messed up with sin, their own sin, and the sins of others against them. And what if they found a house of God that said, we love you, come as you are, we're going to help you get healed, we're going to help you get helped. Why am I doing this? Because this is activation. We're getting in the ring. Jesus, we as a body as of believers want to walk in greater love. I'm not saying you don't walk in love already. I'm saying, God, we want to go deeper in love. Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Teresa Verdecchio of New Destiny Christian Center. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at www.newdestinychristiancenter.com.